2022 represents a new dawn for Formula One. The biggest overhaul the regulations have ever had. The drivers will love it because they are fighters, like in the Colosseum. How are you feeling about being in the chair? Right. There's so much potential for the order to be flipped. It's a step into the unknown. Race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to the Drafting the per- Drafting the Circus program brought to you by Sinister One Productions. I do want to thank uh, Netflix for that trailer that you just saw after the opening of our show. A new season of Drive to Survive coming out. Looking forward to that. Uh, you know, one of our favorite television programs that focuses on a sport we love. So, uh, but here we are. We're back for 2023. This is our off-season show where we try to catch up on the off-season news. And you'll notice something a little different about the show is that you can you can see our pretty faces now as well as listen to our voices. So, uh, uh, joining me today, I've got Levi and uh, Richard Uden. Uh, Louise is off on assignment. Um, so, Lee, you're the new guy here, right? So, I. Uh, I think I am. You are. So uh, it's because uh, Richard and I have been doing this for a little while. Uh, but, uh, you know, for our uh, listeners or, or viewers now who may not uh, have known you or, or about your work, go ahead and introduce introduce yourself. Thanks, Frank. So, uh, yep, name is Levi. I um, am a humongous NHRA and NASCAR fan. And uh, this opportunity came about and I just had to grab it. So I want to thank everybody involved with the program for letting me sit in and uh, hopefully have a great season. More about me, uh, like I said, NHRA and NASCAR fan. I am a uh, United States Air Force veteran. I served uh, 13 years as an aircraft mechanic. So uh, mechanic stuff is in my blood and racing just happens to fit into all of that fun uh, mechanic wrench turning type of stuff. Uh, I have a little bit of experience in NHRA as a teenager. I worked on a, a local team here in the uh, northeast so and i've just kept that going and i'm like i said i'm happy to be here uh sitting alongside yourself frank and richard i think it'll be a good time and uh look forward to meeting louise when he comes in off assignment all right yeah i do believe uh louise is down in daytona some kind of uh, really long race going down there we'll talk about that a little later but uh let's try to catch up on some of the off-season news uh a lot of uh 
lot of news going on. It's been a busy offseason. But uh, first, let's talk about Ken Block. Uh, yeah. Ken Block lost his life in an accident. Here's a guy that you may or may not have heard of, but he, uh, you know, he was a rally driver, but he's also the founder of uh, DC Shoes. Very, you know, very popular within the um, extreme sports world, um, you know, snowboarding and skateboarding and those sort of things. So, uh, but uh, just yet, yeah, tremendous loss. Great guy, a heck of a heck of a rally driver. So, Lee, are you pretty familiar with Ken Block? And yeah, he was, I am yeah a- he's one of the original Monster Energy guys. Yes, he was. And, uh, you know, his Jim Connor series uh, on YouTube, uh, I think he, uh, prior to his passing, was on like number 10 uh, for the Jim Connor series. That, uh, you know, in just that series alone, just the videos that he makes on, puts them on YouTube and his, his, his racing around the streets of LA. I mean, they literally closed the city down for him so he could race that Mustang, you know, 800 horsepower Mustang around like it was nothing. Um, yeah. Ken Block is a pioneer in the rally sport uh, field. Sorely missed that one really hurt, uh, you know, hurt me. Cause I, you know, I followed him. Uh, I, I really enjoyed his stuff. He was a great, great person, a great human being and uh, sorely, sorely going to be missed in the, uh, in the motorsports and extreme athletic uh, community. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He actually, uh, the, the um, building that um, Toyota are working out of uh, doing some work out of in, uh, in a new facility in North Carolina, it was actually used for one of um, Ken Buck's um, Jim Carter videos when he uh, was there with Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, you know, one of these old industrial facilities. Um, fantastic setting for those videos. You know, couldn't have couldn't have picked anywhere better. But uh, yeah, he, he had that. Uh, you know, he's probably one of the most famous non-rally driving rally drivers in, in a way. You know, with what he did out there, he really sort of glamorized the the sport and and connected with a lot of people um, through his YouTube videos. And probably one of the first first sort of motorsport guys to really get that sort of social media platform going um and, and the way of connecting with his fans so yeah great loss you know he, he somebody who just loved doing what he did for the sake of doing it not for the not not for any other reason really um so yeah yeah great shame there yeah and our thoughts are with his you know friends and family and whatnot so but uh yeah tremendous loss so let's let's talk about one of the larger news stories uh coming out of this offseason which is that uh kyle larson uh, former NASCAR champion is going to run the Indy 500. We have been having people begging him to come to the Indy 500 for year. Robin Miller, of course, was the biggest proponent of that. Of course, you know, Kyle Larson, decent open wheel background, uh, runs a lot of USAC, a lot of dirt, still does in his off time. Um, and the 500 has always been one of the bucket list things for him. So it looks like he'll be in the 500. But in 2024, uh, this, this announcement is coming out you know, a year plus early, which is, which is kind of odd, but it uh, gives him plenty of time to prepare. He'll be running uh, with McLaren and McLaren uh, again is just throwing everything they have at their, um, their IndyCar program. They've, uh, you know, between drivers and new sponsors and whatnot, they really um, are building a pretty dynamite team over there and you, you figure even their part-time guys they've got tony Kanon coming in this year for the 500 kyle larson next year so now richard i know you have strong thoughts about <laughs> about the double and um mm-hmm. so uh let me just go ahead and uh let you get up on the soapbox and uh yeah oh boy so 
Mm, we, we've discussed this, you know, a number of times even before um, Kyle had uh, announced he was doing this when the dollar's been ruined, that other drivers doing it and uh, and the logistics involved in it. And and it, to my opinion and to my mind, it it devalues everything that's going on here. It devalues the Indy 500 and it devalues NASCAR Cup Series. Here is Kyle Larson. No matter what happens this year, he'll be going into the 2024 season as a Hendrick Motorsport driver. Top four drivers in the in the odds in the betting odds to win the championship. I don't think there's going to be any. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. So he's now halfway through the season. He's not going to go off and do one of his little midget races, which he does on a you know regular basis, which is fine. You know that that doesn't necessarily directly impact his NASCAR career. You know he doesn't miss a race for it. He doesn't miss uh, you know any of the commitments for that. But here you have the Indy 500, one of the crown jewels of motorsport. You know up there with Monaco, you know Monaco Grand Prix, Le Mans, Indy 500. You know throw the Daytona 500 in there. You know they're all all the um, you know high end. You know, high mark marquee events and he can't commit to it no matter what he says yes he can go yes he'll be in a very very good car that'll be prepared at the highest level it'll be a car no doubt capable of winning the indy 500 but can he commit in the same way to that event as the other mclaren drivers or the other 32 33 drivers in total so the other 32 drivers in the Indy 500, I don't think he'll be able to. He, he can't. He's got a his bread and butter is his NASCAR Cup Series, and for a month in May and before, because he'll do testing, he'll do simulator work, he'll do all this other stuff. He will not be able to come into it. Um, I know these guys live a, a jet set lifestyle, but he'll be flying from you know from uh, North Carolina to Indianapolis and back and forth, you know, on a on regular basis in through sort of. March, April, May of, of next year. And that cannot be good for his preparation for his NASCAR program, which again, you know, as I say, that's his, that's his bread and butter. If you are a Rick Hendrick, there's got to be, you know, I'm sure he's obviously agreed to it and contractually he's agreed to it, but hypothetically, you know, we saw with Martin Truex Jr. this in 2022, he didn't win a race. There was plenty of races where he was more than fast enough to win the race, but for whatever reason, he never got it done. What happens if Kyle Larson's in that same boat next year? And he comes through to, you know, what, middle of May, that's going to be, you know, maybe like race 10 or so of the NASCAR Cup Series. He hasn't won a race to that point. And, you know, the Coke 600 is a, is a good race that he will be competitive in. He'll have a chance of winning. Uh, and the the rate the two or three races you know previously in the month of May, which was his attention will be elsewhere, and I, I I really really question at this stage of his career the logistics, but are the 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 logical thought process about how this will benefit him, because every decision as a competitive sportsman in any field, any decision you make should be to make you better and give you a better chance of your ultimate goal. And, and to my mind, Carl Larson's ultimate goal at this moment in time is to win multiple NASCAR Cup Series championships because he's more than capable of doing it. And I just think this will take his eye off the ball. And, you know, he's going to go and win the damn championship now as soon as I've said this. But I, 
I'm not a huge fan of the decision at this stage of his career. I'd love to see him in it, but right now, you know, yeah, it'll bring people to the sport and it'll bring audiences and it'll, you know, uh, and yeah, I don't know. All right, Lee. Um, now we, we've seen other full-time cup guys do this, right. Um, and run reasonably well, uh, Kurt Busch, uh, Tony Stewart, for example, um, even John Andretti was running a full-time cup, uh, cup series uh, when he did the 500, you feel like that, um, those guys, um, overall season was affected or cause I mean, Stewart, at, at, at least Stewart was, uh, you know, still a championship contender, uh, during the years he was doing the 500. That's true. Um, Kyle Larson going to Indy raises a a lot of concerns to me. But to address your concern, so we're year two into a next-gen car. It'll be year three by the time Indy rolls around. Uh, From the previous, you know, gen cars, they were still working things out a couple years into it. Um, I don't know you know, relatability, if he's going to be able to manage that. Cause there still is a lot of problems with the gen two car. Um, and with that being said, this is uh, announcing this 18 months in advance is to me is a huge risk because does Kyle now race easy to protect to, to, so he doesn't get hurt. I mean, this is racing. We're talking about, it's a dangerous sport. For the next 18 months, every weekend that he's on that track, there's a chance that he could hurt himself. I mean, he could hurt himself at Indy. We There's that variable of we just don't know. You know, he's making a making a big commitment with, a, with McLaren. McLaren's throwing a lot of money at him. But, you know, does he race soft? Soft for the for the you know, the 2024 season because he knows he has that month of May and a couple of weeks leading up to that month that he has to be hundred percent healthy. Is he really going to be focused on the NASCAR tracks? You know, um, Tony Stewart, he, he did it, but you know, Tony, Tony's just, you know, he's a little bit, he, at the time, I think he was a little bit older than Kyle was and he had a little bit more maturity underneath his belt. So, I don't know. There's a lot. I I agree with Richard. There's a lot of questions that are going to be raised here, um, and I just don't know, you know, what those next eighteen months hold in store for Kyle. I wish him the best. I hope it works out, but I have my trepidations about it. Yeah, and again, this is something that a lot of people have been wanting to see. So uh, we're going to get to see that. In fact, you know, perhaps. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got to a lot of time to see how that plays out. I'm sure we'll have a. Uh, more shows where the topic comes up, especially when it gets closer to 2024 uh, spring. So, but let's talk about some stuff that's going to go down in 2023. Uh, as long as we're on IndyCar, we could talk about um, Yukos Hollinger had one of the few remaining open seats uh, and they hired uh, Augustin Canapino uh, for that seat. And they've got uh, backing from the Argentine government in the form of um Argentine tourism visit Argentina. Uh, now, Canapino is Argentinian, as is car owner Ricardo Yuko. So it's a uh, you know it's a great national effort there. But you know there are folks out there who again they always want to make the comment that um, you know we should have pulled somebody up from Indy Lights, somebody from America. Uh, somebody made the comment that um, there's at least a dozen drivers more qualified than this guy here. I'm like, well, have you looked to see who this guy is right? 
he's um been running Argentinian rally cars um or um touring cars rather. Uh, the man has 15 national championships to his name. Some some years he's got multiple championships in uh, in different classes. So uh, I, I really don't think there's a dozen other guys with those kind of credentials, albeit it's a different style car. But if you look at a guy like um, Scott McLaughlin or a guy like Robert Wickens who came over to IndyCar uh, from a similar background to uh, what they're running as touring cars in Argentina, those guys adapted pretty quick. So, so uh, I mean, Lee, Lee, what's your take on this guy here? Well, uh, IndyCar is not my forte. Yeah, but yeah, but you, yeah, but but don't you watch Argentinian touring car racing? Uh, no, <laughs> I mean I watch Brazilian touring car racing. So if he was in the in that series, I'd probably be well versed in him. But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I mean, you made a great point. The guy's got you know fifteen championships. There's not. I don't know many people that have fifteen championships. Period in any race car. Um, so to put him in a seat at, in an Indy car, I I think it's a good move. Um, you know, you put a champion in in the seat, you're gonna get championship results out of it, in my opinion. Um, are there some touring light guys that are probably upset that their seat got taken from them? Sure, but those guys are gonna work twice as hard to get noticed and to get the next available seat. So I don't think it's a bad move. I think it's a good move. I think it'll bring uh, a a little bit different aspect to the series and uh you know i i wish him well i hope he does good i i i'm looking forward to seeing what he's got on the on the tracks this year yeah and of course the the tragedy of it all is what we're talking about the indy lights guys are with well the indy nxt series now but uh linus lundquist who won the championship is without an indycar ride this year uh he was not able to put a deal together and it used to be it used to be a guarantee coming out of the light series that you would get uh, a ride with a team for a minimum of three races, including the Indy 500. But they have kind of, uh, they scaled back the prize money this year when Penske took it over from Anderson Consulting. And they also lost the uh, support of Mazda, who used to sponsor the series. So that, uh, that uh, and it wasn't until um, Linus won the thing that, that he found out that he was only getting half the amount of money to bring in a scholarship. So, so he's on the outside looking in. Hopefully he'll, you know, pick up an Indy 500 ride uh, at the very least, or, you know, maybe a couple of uh, a road course races because the guy's a good driver, but uh, you've got other guys with more funding. Um, you know, Stingray Rob uh, came out of the light series. He's just signed a deal to drive with uh, a Dale coin, but you know, Stingray's got, got some backers, got some money behind him. He's um, I mean, he's a good driver. I would, I would say he's not as good as Linus Lundqvist, but um Oh, Stingray Rob does have a cool name, though. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, it's like uh, another di- another Dick Trickle, right? You Dick know, Tris- race, race, racing gardener. Right. You know, so. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. So um, IndyCar also did their first test of the new 2024 spec uh, engine with the uh, the energy recovery system. They did that uh, earlier today, as a matter of fact out at Sebring, but they've not let a lot of details out about uh, any kind of lap times or any kind of problems they had. But, uh, um, you know, they were able to uh, fit the unit onto a Honda engine and, and, and get it in the car and got it working. So um, we're moving in that direction. We've obviously stepped back from uh, doing the, was it a 2.6 they were going to move to or 2.4? 2.2. 2.2. 
But well, they're going to keep the two point two. Uh, two point two, yeah. Rather two, than two point four, yeah, yeah. Hang on, yeah, two point four liter V six twin turbocharged hybrid engine. Right, but they decided to back off on the two four and keep it at a two two. So, but yeah. uh, let, let's talk about the other major story, and that would be Michael Andretti, General Motors, Cadillac, and Formula One. Uh, you know, Michael has been trying to be the next Formula One team on the grid. Uh, he's uh, he keeps running in roadblocks, so he's brought in General Motors as a partner with the Cadillac brand, and he's still not welcome with open arms. Uh, that people are intrigued with the uh, bringing General Motors in and and Cadillac as a brand name. That's uh, they believe that's good for the series, but they still a lot of these owners still feel like um, the dilution amount is not enough. And again, that Richard is what two hundred million dollars, right? Yeah, and that that dollar amount is based on what the Williams team sold for when it was sold. Although along those lines, yeah, along those lines. But the feeling is that the Formula Formula One teams are valued at more than that now, so the mm-hmm. the dilution fees should be more. So, um, I mean, Richard, you've uh, you've immersed yourself in Formula One. You've worked in there. You've been in those garages. So, uh, tell me a little bit about about the mindset here. Why why are we you know, with an American-based company, three Grand Prix United States, why are we not jumping through hoops to get General Motors, Cadillac, and, and Michael Andretti in there? Well, I guess it's a little bit like having a, you know, you you, you got four four people and you all order, you know, you order one, like, extra large pizza to share, and then suddenly a fifth person comes along and wants to ha- have some of that pizza. Well, you're, always, you're all going to get less of what you had originally. So it's a little bit of a... Um, I can understand where the teams are coming from. You know, they have a pot of money that they enjoy spending. Um, and if another team comes along and beats them or earns more money than they do um, in the championship, then they're going to lose out. And is that, put it bluntly, is that fair? Um, so I, I see where the teams are coming from. I understand their point of view. They are a business at the end of the day. They're there to make money. They Especially now with the salary cap, um, or the the spending cap. Sorry, they have a very very strict ceiling that they're working to. So they are counting every dollar and cent that they can get their hands on. So if somebody suddenly pull turns around and says, "Well, we're going to take five million dollars away from you a year," then that's a relatively big hit. They've got to find that money from somewhere else because you know that if you take five million dollars away from Mercedes, they're going to find that somewhere else. You take five million away from um, Red Bull, they're going to find that somewhere else. You take five million away from uh, from Williams, mm, that's a hardest. That's a stretch for them to find it. You know, Dalton Capital aren't going to want to stick their hands in the pockets and suddenly pull out, you know, write a check for five million dollars because somebody else has come along and taken it away from them. So I, I, I do understand. I, I think it's a shame. It, it fundamentally uh, raises questions about the um, the way the Concord Agreement has been written. Um, Personally, I think they should do everything possible to encourage new teams into the sport and to, to bring them in. Um, you know, they were very encouraging to Porsche and Audi when they wanted to come in, because they were always of the mindset of they would invest in other teams and buy out other teams, as you've seen Audi done with Tauber and got Porsche eventually pulled out their deal with Red Bull. But, um, yeah, I, something just doesn't sit right with this. And... Now, 
I'm not one by any stretch of the imagination to question the Andretti family group uh, in terms of their business acumen because they're far more business savvy than I am and ever will be. But it, it, it's always, I don't know, there's something missing. You know, they had that deal a couple of years ago to try and buy the Cyber team and then that fell through at the last minute. Then they were saying they were going to go alone and, and nobody's really interested in doing that. No engine manufacturer rushed up and said, yeah, we'll supply it with an engine for 2025 or six or whatever it is. Uh, and now they come along with Cadillac. And, you know, the, the sport wants to expand. The sport wants to be a global sport. And Cadillac is a big brand. And that whole family of, of um, you know, manufacturers is a big brand to have in the sport. And it'd be great for the sport. But nobody's rushing to say, yeah, come on, join. I I don't know. I just think something's missing. I mean, we're not talking USF1 levels of missing here. It's just, I don't know, something just doesn't sit right with it. I, I think there's more to it than what we're seeing publicly. Um, so we'll see. Now, we'll now see. Do, you, do you feel by if we had an American team, you know, and an American uh, automaker in there, I mean, would that, I mean, you know, Formula One, um, technically has a, a, a smaller traditionally has a smaller footprint in the U S but those numbers have been on the rise, mm -hmm. you know, driven largely by the, the Netflix uh, program that we just showed a trailer for, um, yeah. has, has really uh, upped the interest in formula one, you know, along with, uh, you know, a couple of additional races in the States. So, you know, would getting, uh, you know, Andretti in there and, uh, and the Cadillac brand would that, that would bring, if that brings even more, eyes to the series in the states doesn't that equal more revenue but also you've got to so look at the I, potential you know, failure what happens if it doesn't work so let's break let's, let's go back a step look at look at the vw group with with porsche and audi they've been talking about this for at least two years at high level and we've all known that when the teams have had the engine manufacturers had the discussions on the 2026 engine regulations, we all know the Porsche group was there. We all know the Audi group was there. These companies have all had integral uh, negotiations and discussions on that 2026 engine regulation. There hasn't really been any talk of the um, GM group being in there. And now all of a sudden they've found the money required to to commit to formula one and again you know we, we've talked about this a little bit outside of the show but you put it in real terms here and if you're committing five years to formula one and i mean committing to be competitive i think you're going to have to have in the region of in ex well in excess of a billion dollars fund you know just straight up I think you're going to need near a one and a half over your first five years of competition and probably at least two years before that of development work. Audi are already developing their engine. You know, I, I'm subscribed to numerous um, job pages for Motorsport and Audi have been hammering the job boards, getting hiring people in the last six months or since they announced the deal with uh, Sauber. So, Audi are ahead of the curve. So if you're Cadillac and say this gets agreed in six months' time, well, they're a year behind already. And I just, I really, I, I think it's, I yeah, there's something, as I say, all the timing and all the ways the negotiations have happened, something doesn't add up to me. 
And I hope I'm wrong. I hope they, they do come in because I think it'd be great for the sport to have more of these organizers, you know, more of these global manufacturers involved. But something doesn't sit right to me. All right. Fair enough. Next topic. What else we got going on in Formula One we need to talk about? We will have our first American driver in the series. We did touch on that at the end of the year. Last yeah, year, Logan, Logan, Sargent, Logan, Logan Sargent will be uh, will be in the Williams car, and um, mm-hmm. there's news regarding uh, Jamie Chadwick, who was part of the uh, Williams Junior team there, but she will yeah. be running. She'll be running um, in the states um, yep. in the Indiana XT series. Um, It'd be fascinating uh, to see how she does. I mean, I think those cars are probably pretty similar to the um, Formula W cars that she's been so dominant in for the last two or three seasons, and I think yes. she's won. I think that series is folded now, or is very close to folding. Uh, um, I haven't, I haven't heard much about uh, what's going on. No, with the they, next they struggled. So, yeah, yeah, they struggled to complete the series last year. Um, so, and she was dominant. In it. She won at least half the races, all three championships, or more. Yeah, yeah. So she can't, you know, she can't ask to do any more. Um, and an opportunity for her to drive in a in a series that'll get some good eyeballs on it. Um, is, is is fantastic. Um, I hope she's not trying to get a super license that way. But um, <laughs> ask Colton Herder about that one. Uh, well, yeah, I, it, I it, think that the um, the car count and uh, the car count in the Indian XT is up to the point where we're super license eligible again. Colton oh, just, Colton just happened, happened to be there when the <laughs> when when the the car count was at all time low and they didn't count that. So uh, the funny thing is, I saw uh, Joseph Newgarden and uh, Scott McLaughlin have a podcast. Uh, that they do, they call the Bus Brothers, and uh, <laughs> New Garden is wearing this black T-shirt with the lettering "Super License Eligible." <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I tell but, you, no, yep. it's great for her, really good. Uh, and obviously, she's still keeping her role up as a Williams development driver, so I'm sure she'll be doing double duty with some of those in terms of uh, you know the races that she can uh, support the Williams team at when she's not racing over here. Uh, is fantastic. No, I, I think she's of the of the female group of drivers, should we say, that's coming through. Um, she's 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 at the top of that 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 crop right now, and you know probably won't make it to Formula One. Just a matter of fact, you know. Um, but certainly, um, you know, the the Indy series would, would take her with open arms. I think, and I think she'd be very very competitive in that series. So good luck to her. Yeah, looking forward to see how she gets on. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly they, they, I mean, the IndyCar series has always uh, been very open to having female drivers. Yeah. I, I believe there was a, there was one year where we had uh, five young ladies in eighty five in the same Indy 500, uh, not that many yeah. years ago. So, and I want to say last year's was the first one with, uh, with no male, uh, no females in a, in a little while, uh, because usually you have pip a man and there is a base day, mainstay. So, but, um, yeah, beyond that, what else? What else we got going on? I mean, Audi is working towards their program. Um, yep, they're ramping things up. Porsche has dropped out, which means well that 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 opens the door for Honda to really come back full time. Then, huh? Yeah, because Honda Honda left, but they never really left. Yeah, they never left, but. It, all they did was remove the name from their engines. They still paid for everything. They did a lot of work. Um, you know, Red Bull Technologies have built this, or Red Bull Powertrain have built a fantastic facility in the UK to house their own engine development. But Honda still had a huge input. And it goes, this is a very, very, very similar 
set of circumstances to back in uh, 08, 09, when Honda pulled out of Formula One. Um, and the, 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 the ashes of that team um, became the Braun team, which won the championship in, in 2009 with Jensen. But Honda paid for that full season. It was cheaper for Honda to pay for a full season and have eventually found a buyer, which they did in Mercedes, um, than, than wind up the team. And I'm sure this is a similar situation here. It's cheaper for Honda to have, have, have paid Red Bull for a year or two of support and technical support and you know staffing and, and doing all that sort of stuff um, and, and keep that team running. So it wouldn't surprise me if they don't come back in some context uh, or some format one or, or, or the other with um, the Honda branding. Uh, because, hey, if they're building the engines, they might as well stick the name on the damn thing and get them credit for it. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I don't think Porsche is completely out of it. There's still murmurings that they're talking to Williams quite closely. Um, that would be the only real team that I can think of now that, that Porsche would look to to work with. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there and, and how that, uh, that, that deal evolves, if there is a deal at all. Um, but you know, the more more manufacturers in the sport, the better. And yeah, well, uh, yeah let's that, see what happens. That's another thing about the uh, the Cadillac announcement that kind of took me by surprise because I, I would have almost bet money that, that Porsche would have aligned himself with Andretti because you know Andretti all they already run Porsche in Formula E, so they've already and they ran Volkswagen in the in the Rally Championship. So uh, you know when when Andretti shows up with Cadillac, I'm like, okay, this this I did not expect. You know, and, and no, it's and, uh, so. it's a strange one. But I mean, you look at Penske and IndyCar and NASCAR. You know, they've got two different manufacturers there. So, oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ganassi did the same thing. He was running Chevy's. He ran the Ford, and you know, he ran the Ford um, D, um, F uh, F40. Uh, was it, whatever it was. Yeah, the uh, you know the endurance IMSA's program uh, for Ford. So, at the end of the day, whoever signs the check is whoever whatever badge you put on the front of the car. So, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. So. All right. Anything else in Formula One bef- uh, before we let uh, Lee catch no, us up I'm on sure NHRA? Got, I'm sure we've got some, uh, you know, some time before the first race. We've got testing kicking off in about a month. So uh, a lot of livery reveals and, and new car reveals in the first couple of weeks of February, but uh, we'll, we'll touch on those as and when we get there. Yeah, McLaren, McLaren's IndyCar team is starting to do their reveals. Uh, and they've gotten rid of the green. Fashion. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that green was, that was a one-off for the 500. Yeah, yeah but they're, good. they're, they're yeah, they're, um, their Indy cars are starting to look suspiciously just like their Formula One cars. Yeah. Um, Which so, is great uh, from a branding perspective. You know, that's how it should Oh, yeah, be. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uniformity. Yeah, I like it. I like rem- it. Reminiscent of the old, um, you know, golf colors. So, yeah. One yeah. Of, that's one of my great frustrations, watching IndyCar and NASCAR, especially, is like, well, yeah, who's who? Because week on week, they change the damn livery all the time, and it's difficult to keep track of the things. Yeah, well, to be a spotter. God, imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. no, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you've got some sponsors like Bass Pro Shop that go across multiple teams, you know, they'll do yeah, Martin one week, and then they'll do Austin Dillon the next. I mean, how do you keep up with it? I don't know. <laughs> you have your notes with you. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Lee. Uh, so let's. Uh, we've not really featured NHRA much on uh, on this program in the past, but uh, you know, we brought you into the fold. You're an NHRA guy. So, um, what can we look forward to in the 2023 season in the NHRA? I think there's uh, 
there's some there's some new horizons coming up. Uh, so Coca Cola was the one of the prime sponsors along with uh, Camping World on the series, uh, specifically Coca Cola's Mellow Yellow brand. Uh, they've been sponsored, uh, you know, the leads, the premier sponsorship for NHRA for uh, probably about the past three or four years. Well, uh, December last year, the uh, Mellow Yellow and Coke decided they're going to part ways with the NHRA uh, a year ahead of the and uh, their contract deadline. So uh, management at NHRA is uh, turned around and they're going to file a lawsuit against Coca-Cola and Mellow Yellow for uh, breach contract. So that that brings a little bit of turmoil to the overall sponsorship of the of the of the series. But Camping World has stepped up uh, as they were part of a premier sponsorship package with with uh, NHRA for gosh the past ten years. They're going to be the the sole and primary sponsorship of the of the series this year. Um, and looking forward, it's probably going to be a couple couple more years. Um, and again, Camping World, you know, they, they sponsor the truck series and NASCAR. Uh, their Camping World's come out and said, you know, this is a great opportunity for, uh, you know, for brand marketing because a lot of people that uh, follow NHRA and, and NASCAR in particular, you know, they go to, they spend a weekend at the race and they're in their campers and stuff. So there's that. Um, there's also, didn't, uh, you know, didn't, uh, Camping World didn't Camping World drop the truck series or or did I misread something at, at some point in time? Um, they may have. Um, I thought they were still. Or there, or there, the... I think they reduced their involvement. So, yeah, but yeah, but Camping yep. World has been a pretty darn good partner to motor racing over the last uh, five ten years because they they had a car in the Indy five hundred not that long ago. It's got Dixon running yep. it. Yeah, and they've been again in NASCAR and uh, they were. Involved with uh, that Tony Stewart that uh, SSRX series, yeah, yep, yep. I mean, it's a good it's a good mix because, uh, like you said, race fans, it, it's a weekend adventure, it's a vacation. Uh, you know, you look at NASCAR infield and around around the track, it's just nothing but but RVs and campers. Um, it's just kind of motorsports and and camping go hand in hand. So I think it's a good mix for the NHRA. Uh, you know, we had our silly season this year. There's some teams that joined forces, especially in the pro stock, uh, division. Uh, one of the, uh, Greg Anderson, uh, his team joined with another team. So that brings a, you know, a little bit more dollars and a, and a little bit more resources to the team. Um, uh, other big news is Tony Stewart, like you said, IndyCar, NHR, uh, NASCAR guy. He's, uh, working towards getting his top alcohol license, and uh is probably going to end up getting it with a little bit of help from his wife Leah uh you know she's been coaching him along uh trying to get his license i think that'll that'll come to fruition he's got some more testing to do um but he's getting there i mean he's a race car driver so uh i look forward to seeing that journey um and it, you know sponsorships are pretty much where we're at there's really uh no big rule changes in this silly season for the first time in a couple of years um some minor ones, but it nothing extraordinary. But the sponsorship, you know, for Camping World was was a big uh, off season move in uh, the straight line series. So yeah. So the licensing requirements, since you brought that up, okay, because uh, you know licensing requirements have been in the in the in the news a lot, particularly when it comes yep. to guys that want to run a Formula One. So so what what are the requirements in uh, in a NHRA there to get to your? I mean, does he have to compute 
compete in some of the uh, junior formulas, or is it just a matter of testing time and track time? It's to be crazy. It's majority. Of, yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, it, it it is. You know, you go in a straight line as fast as you can, and then stop. Uh, there's no real like turning if anything gets in your way type mentality here. But you know, smoke has got to. You know, every driver, that, especially in the, in the in the top fuel series, uh, you know, that's um, the top fuel series is the big one in NHRA, and that uh, you know, you just can't. Uh, jump in a jump in a seat you have to start you know like you said in 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 the smaller drags you know uh top uh top a gas and and work your way up and there's there's speed requirements there's safety requirements you know you have to um you know your reaction times have to be within a certain threshold before nhra will even grant you uh, you know a license to run it at, at the junior level but the testing that he's really done he's really um He's done well with, he's adapted well to, you know, uh, the big thing is the reaction time here in NHRA, because I mean, it's, it's quicker than a blink of an eye. You got to go from, you know, on the gas, you know, and go, and he's really done a good job. Um, so he's adapted. Well, I'm anxious to see if he'll get his license this year. Uh, it's not an easy process, but like I said, he's making headway. Um, he's, doing all the right things that the NHRA uh, safety officials want to see him do. So it looks promising. It may not be this year, but hopefully he'll, uh, you know, he'll have a, a, a seat next year somewhere in the series. Yeah. Then Tony could just check that one off, you know, did a little bit of everything. Yep. So yep. And next, next we got to get him in a formula one car. Uh, yeah. He's been in one of those. <laughs> I think he I'm did. Sure he's been in one. I think he did one of those, uh, Driver swaps. swaps. Driver swaps. Yeah. yeah. Just like, just like, uh, you know, Montoya and Gordon did the one and yeah. Tony Stewart did one as well. Yeah. Tony's done a yeah. little bit of, yep. a little bit of everything. Yeah. So, but touching um, on, uh, touching on NHRA very, very quickly. Um, you know, it's something, you know, a lot of us have seen and in, in the past and what have you, but, um, I was lucky enough to go down to, uh, the Z Max Speedway that uh, just opposite Charlotte Motor Speedway back in, I think it's September, October time. And oh my lord, those things are amazing. I mean, wow! If you've never been to one, go. They're not pretty cheap tickets. If you can get to a, a local one, just go. Yep. I mean, I, I remember we got there. Wife and myself went, and um, you know, we got there, and some of the some of the sort of the mom and pop sort of series were there, and as well, and, and they were doing you know like six second. It's not quarter mile any anymore, is it? It's like a thousand yards or whatever. Yeah, it's a thousand just, feet. A, yeah, yep. a thousand feet. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So they were doing like six seconds, which is still pretty damn fast. Um, and I was, wow, this is amazing. And I knew these things were even the top fuel cars and the funny cars. And as soon as those things came out, I mean, you could feel it in your chest. I mean, yep. if you want to talk about like a sensory overload, these things are phenomenal. So please, you know. Get it if you if anybody out there gets a chance to go to an NH, NHRA event, uh, just go and take ear defenders because you'll need them. Yeah, but it's and, phenomenal. And one of the things I like about NHRA a lot is when you buy a ticket, um, it's also a pit pass. You can yeah. oh you yeah, you can get down in the, in the garages and literally you can stand four feet from the rear end of one of these cars. Um, and when they fire, you know, because if you've never seen NHRA, as soon as they they are 
done with their pass. The cars hauled back, um, you know, to the, to the pits and the crew has 45 minutes to take the motor out of the car, disassemble it, replace any parts that need to be replaced, put it back in and get it, get it started and then back up to the line. 45 minutes. It's, it's just, it's phenomenal. And so when they start these cars up after they assemble them, the fans are right there. They're right at the barrier. They're four, literally 10 feet away from the back of these things and they fire them up. And you want to talk about a punch in the gut, you know, it's just, it, it's just something else. And like Richard yeah. says, if you get a chance, tickets are cheap, you know, they're, they're not expensive. Go see it's a all race. Day. Yeah. It's yeah. all day. You know, it's yep. started at, I think about midday and went through till, you know, early evening. And yep. um, yeah, fantastic! Oh, they are phenomenal pieces of engineering. They really are. Yep. It and was, the light show uh, at night when great fun. Yeah. yeah, the light show at night when they run. Um, the sparks, you know, the the Roll. The, the fire coming out of these these pipes. Yeah. Is, you know, it's as you know, ten feet tall. Yeah. So it's really yeah, it's really phenomenal. a good time. Phenomenal. So. And at Charlotte as well. Next, I think it's April. They have the four wides at Zmax yep. down here in Charlotte. So I want to try and get down. Yep. See four of the damn things. I mean, wow, two is bad enough. Yeah, four of them side to side is just it's yeah. crazy. And you know, Charlotte, they started doing that uh four wide. I think it was about five or six years ago, try to improve viewership and it's really worked. Uh yeah. the fans absolutely love it. You know, uh this year they're uh the NHRA is doing like a uh uh call your own type series, a uh, couple races. Uh the top drivers in the in each class are gonna be able to like uh pick who they run against as kind of like, a, um, you know, uh, back in na old NASCAR days, like uh, the Winston Million. Uh, it's just a bragging rights thing, but it's a chance to challenge your fellow driver, uh, you know, call them out and see who's got the best stuff and not really worry about the the, the tree and the ladder. So uh, look forward to it. It should be a good year. So, yeah. We're the tired of being defending champion as well. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So gotta throw that yeah. one in there. Sorry. <laughs> oh no. Hey. <laughs> All right, well, we haven't touched yep. on we haven't touched on NASCAR uh yet. Usually that's Louise's department, but uh, you know, I'm sure there's some good stories brewing around NASCAR. There's a couple of driver changes that we'll see this year. Tyler Reddick is moving, you know, moving on a, a year early. Um and we're looking forward to see uh, see how he does. Um, Justin Marks is, uh, what was the Justin Marks news we read the other day? Oh, he, um, they're buying, up, they bought the, teamed uh, up, teamed up with cars. Yeah. With uh, Dale Earnhardt. Then of course the other big Harvick. news is, uh, yep. And Harvick. Yeah. The other big news is that, uh, Jimmy Johnson is, uh, with, uh, is it legend motorsport legacy motorsport, legacy motorsport, which legacy is the former, the former Kyle, um, Richard Petty team. Uh, so Petty Motorsports is now Legacy Motorsports. Jimmy Johnson's the part owner who's going to run a couple of races. Um, I but think it's the, uh, this will be the first time in decades that we haven't seen the yeah. Petty the Petty name on that team. So it's it's kind of the end of an era. But uh, it was 1947 or something. Somebody mentioned that was the last time a Petty name was involved directly in the series, which is is pretty incredible. Really. But in all fairness, the and this is no disrespect on the Petty team, Petty Enterprises, and Petty GMS have been on the slide for a number of years now, really. I don't know when, you know, they, they haven't really uh, 
Uh, I know they won a couple. I won a uh, the Southern Five Hundred last year, I think it was. But you know, outside of that, they've they've really struggled the last uh, last last few years. So uh, yeah, it's a shame to see the name go. But I think it's just the evolution of that organisation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, you're either uh, standing still or going backwards. Yeah, but on the bright side, yep. they did have last year was their best season. In a, in a in a while, so maybe the you know the influx of whatever money and uh, expertise Jimmy Johnson brings in there with uh, some of his partners, um, you know, might help them out. You know, kind of move them. I don't you know I don't see them contending uh, with the with the Hendricks of the world, but uh, <laughs> it, you know it'd be nice to to see them win a few more races there. You know, in particular uh, their driver Eric Jones is pretty darn good. You know that that uh, he he almost almost was a spoiler in the in the playoffs there. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, we have the clash of the Coliseum coming up here pretty soon in a couple of weeks, and then it'll be time time for the uh, the duels, and then the five hundred, and uh, we'll be up and running uh, for NASCAR, ready to go. Uh, new this year, the street race in Chicago. Uh, they're still putting that together, and I'm still. I'm still of the um, mindset of I'll believe it when I see it um, because I've seen too many of these street races they try to put together in these uh, major metropolis, metropolis areas that just fall through from bureaucratic red tape and um, just too many, too many palms to grease, you know? So, uh, I mean, if they pull the first one off, great. I, I don't, I don't see it as a, a long lasting event. But, um, I, hey, prove me wrong. You know, maybe NASCAR can be successful where other racing series haven't. Um, I mean, NASCAR's not really delved, delved into doing any downtown street races since, uh, well, they did something in Los Angeles back in the 60s, I think. And it was uh, like their Winston West series or whatever, or Arca West, whatever it was. Louise could tell you that. So, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they, they announced their musical acts again. They're doing, you know, taking, taking a, page out of the, the current playbook, which is to get some some high level uh, musical acts in there to turn the whole thing into a festival. I think they've got uh, the headliners is the chain smokers. They've got Miranda Lambert and a couple of other artists there. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. They've got um, the Coliseum. They've got um, who is it they got for the clash? Um, is it Wyclef? Wyclef? Wyclef Jean. Yeah. So uh That'll be interesting to see. So uh, <laughs> now we've got the Daytona 24 coming up this weekend. Yep. So, so Richard, what's the possibility that the LMP2 car takes an overall? Mm, pretty remote, I think. Um, maybe not on raw speed, but I don't think it'll be allowed to happen. <laughs> got, especially with the BOP. With the BOP rules, there's no way that they're going to allow that to happen. So, uh, yeah, this is the chance for the new turbo hybrid package um, to shine. And with the money coming in and the investment coming in from companies like Cadillac and Acura and people like that and Porsche, yes, there is no way that they're going to be allowed to be upstaged by one of these normally aspirated engines. Goodness me, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know. 
24 hours is a lot of miles, you know. There they, is they, no. They've got to. They've got to be. Got to be running at the end to win the thing. So yeah. And, and again, we're we're going in with newer technology. I, you know, I'm not going to call it untested because I'm sure they've tested the fire out oh, of it. Yeah. So you know, and they've been they've been working with this for a while, and they they really really want this to work. Um, and again, this is the wave of the future for your road car as well. So. Yep. Yep. So I'd be interested oh, yeah. to see no, how I mean, that it, goes. Yep. The the the, the new um what would you call it LM LMDH class is you know they'll be up there they'll they'll there's was maybe ten of them in there or so um I can't remember I don't have the numbers off the top of my head but uh, yeah there's there's probably ten or so there's uh, those cars and they'll get at least one of them to the finish <laughs> but uh, yeah no they're good enough the GTP cars uh you know they're they're pretty strong as eight I think in total um so yeah they'll be It'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah, and again, the the twenty four is always fun to watch just because uh, that it, it happens during the off season for all the major series, so it draws such a mm. broad spectrum of of really good drivers there. And you've got some, you only have some interesting pairings of guys that are that are on the same car. You know, you have a IndyCar champion and a NASCAR champion on the same car. Uh, and those sort of things. That's always fun to watch. I don't have the lineup. Oh, yeah. I don't have the lineup in front of me. I do know that uh, Will Power was slated to drive, and he ended up pulling out because uh, his wife had some surgery, and her recovery is not going as swimmingly as he would like. So he's going to spend some time with her, which uh, you know, which I fully appreciate. I mean, family is important, um, but uh, but darn, I would like to see Will run yeah. a sports car. So. Because I think yeah, he, no, some, he would excel there. Yeah, and there's, as you said, some great driver lineups. What I really like about it is, yeah, obviously you get the you know the high net, high level names driving some of these high end prototypes, the GTP cars. Um, but it's when you get some of these high end name drivers sort of that, that drop down a little bit into some of the GTD and LMP3 um, classes. Uh, you know, you get some pretty big names down in the mired in the middle of the pack, but obviously they're still competing at the front of their class. Uh, so to see some of those, I know it uh, with our uh, the Vasa Sullivan Lexus we have, we've got Jack Hawksworth and um, you know he, he's in there, and Mike Conway's in there, who's you know won multiple endurance series at the high end uh, with Toyota there. So it's uh, it's fantastic to see some of these drivers, um, you know, trying out some lesser machinery. Should we, you know, it's a ter- terrible thing to call it because they're by no stretch of the imagination lesser, but uh, you know, um, slower machinery. Should we say? Yeah, it's always a fun time. It'll be interesting to see. You've got, I, I want to say, the uh, the Meyer Shank cars on a pole, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or, or on the front row with um, Elio and, pole, yeah. and uh, Elio and um, Simon Pagano. I'm just looking and, uh, at the Tom Blomquist who actually set the fastest time in that car in qualifying. Uh, then you've got Porsche up there with Philippe and Nazar, who was used to be Formula One test driver. And well, actually, he raced for Sauber, didn't he, for a few years there? Uh, Rich so, Taylor's yeah. up there. Day, Alex Lynn, who's been in Formula One, you know, yeah. I mean, you look at those those top top eight teams in there. They've got some, you know, high end names. I mean, you've even got Kevin Magnussen's down there. Oh, sorry, Jan Magnussen. Sorry, Kevin had a Kevin had some wrist surgery, so he couldn't uh, compete and drive alongside his dad. But Jan Magnussen's down there. Um, how old you know, is yeah, he? Some... Sorry, how old is he? Oh, he must be in his yeah. late fifties. I was going to say, yeah, yeah he's a. Uh... Uh, sure. No, 49. 49. Huh, he's, he's a little younger than I thought it would be, I guess. Yeah. 
But yeah, some big names he's, down there. He's younger um, than me. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, my yeah, Mike Conway. That's a guy. That's a guy missing Indy cars. I tell you. So um, yeah, he'd have been good. Good guy. Good to see how And you know, then of course, Penske's got the Porsche program. They're gonna be. They're gonna. Oh, yeah. They're gonna be. Uh, contenders there yeah. you know Pesky's always tough to beat they always bring their a game wherever they go so i mean you look at the other names as well you know you've got andretti autosport have their lmp3 car rick Ware racing you know who seem to do everything they're up there with andretti for the most number of entries in different series they've got an lmp2 car ray hall letterman lanigan racing has their bmw gtp car Penske has their portion, the GTP series. So a lot of big name manufacturers coming out and committing to this, which is great to see. Riley Motorsports, another big, uh, you know, manufacturer here in the U.S. So yeah, really good to see. Yeah, and and you mentioned uh, Ricky Taylor a moment ago, and he's uh, he's actually been in the news a little bit too. He's going to have a uh, uh, IndyCar test with Andretti. Now, yeah. he's, al- he's already previously tested uh, IndyCar with Penske. Uh, but I don't know if this is going to lead to a seat at all. There doesn't seem, I mean, certainly not this year. There's nothing, nothing available, but, uh, uh, you know, Ricky Taylor, very talented driver, very talented driver. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, mean he's he won, really. Yeah. A couple of IMSA championships to his name. Doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Famous dad too. Doesn't hurt. Yep. You know, so, you know, his dad, Wayne and other fine, fine race car drivers. So, all right. Well, we are at, about at the end of our hour. So, uh, do you have any closing thoughts there, Lee? No, I'm good. I've, uh, like I said, I appreciate you, uh, let me sit in on this for the season. And, uh, I look forward to getting some knowledge from this esteemed panel and, uh, giving my input when I can and trying to make a complete fool out of myself. But, uh, I appreciate Frank <laughs> and Richard and, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing Luis when he gets back off assignment and, uh, you know, I, I really do. I appreciate it guys. All right, thanks, Lee. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you've joined. I'm glad you've joined our team. I think uh, good to have you here. Uh, we're, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a really fun season this year, particularly with uh, with the addition of the video. Thanks to Sinister One Productions. Uh, I also want to thank um, Hoobsy Radio Network. I want to thank Spreaker, Netflix. I want to thank uh, iTunes and Google Podcasts. Uh, and all you folks that listen to us now, you can watch us and watch, yeah, and watch. Yep, yep. So, I want to thank, <laughs> thank all you folks. But until next week, um, good night. Thanks for watching Draft in the Circuits. Make sure to follow Draft in the Circuits on Facebook, Spotify, Twitter, and YouTube. Draft in the Circuits is a Coach Sinister One production.